Thanks for pressing play. You're listening to the Brody Windsor Group on Real Estate, the podcast for homeowners seeking guidance and support on everything related to owning a home. This includes much more than just buying or selling. We've got you covered for everything from mortgages and financing to home maintenance tips, renovation and design advice, and of course, the latest insights and analysis on what's happening in our local communities. Okay, how you doing, Sean? Great, how you doing, Scotty? I'm doing great, thanks. So today, we're going to do a little bit of a, a look at the most recent market stats up to the end of October. Sounds good. Interesting um, stuff we uncovered. Absolutely. I think you were doing a little bit of a deep dive uh, into the stats last night, so we've got some interesting stuff to discuss this morning. Um, want to just start off, I guess, with um, what are the key indicators that we're looking for in, uh, in terms of the real estate market in Montreal and then also here in the West Island? Well, I think we should start to preface this by saying the numbers that we've looked at for today are single-family homes. Um, it would be a whole other um, session to go into revenue properties, condos. So we can maybe do that on the next podcast. But for now, we're looking at single-family homes on the island of Montreal. We're also going to talk a little bit about the West Island. Some of the key indicators we want to look at are what's happening with prices, uh, what's happening with inventory, i.e. the number of homes on the market, and how many homes are selling. So there's some key indicators we've got, such as months of inventory is one that is widely used in the real estate industry to uh, give us an indication of what kind of market we're in. You often hear we're in a buyer's market, we're in a seller's market, we're in a balanced market. So we've looked at those numbers uh, for single family homes uh, over the last uh, year or so. We've also gone back and compared that to previous years, compared it to the super hot market during COVID. So it'll be interesting. We'll look at some of those numbers and uh, see what kind of takeaways we get. And um, then we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's going to give both buyers and sellers a good indication of what's been happening recently. There's been a lot of change, you know, month to month that we've seen. But I think we're going to be able to talk about the stats we're seeing, but also what we're experiencing, uh, you know, on our team just with boots on the ground and what's happening with our buyers and sellers, right? Exactly. And I think it's some interesting, I think it's important to dive into some of the stats as well because <clears throat> there's a lot of noise out there. You hear a lot of attention grabbing headlines in the news. There's a lot of doom and gloom talk. Um, and obviously that, tr that trickles down to what buyers and sellers are reading um, in the media, seeing on TV. So I think it's nice for us to be able to come back to even a little bit more of a micro level here on the West Island. And we talk about some of those micro markets and different price ranges and how the market is really different depending on what segment of the market you're looking at. So. Yeah, and I think one thing we always talk about too is in the media, they tend to use a uh, number of sales, but don't necessarily talk about uh, median prices. So Big you, time. Yeah, yeah, you get that all the time. People, I was reading on the, in the newspaper that the... Market's down 30%. It's like, no, no, hold on. The number of homes that have transacted this year is down 30% compared to last year. But prices are definitely not down 30%. So yeah, that's a, that's one that's a big myth that I think uh, you need to sort of dive into and dissect a little bit. All right, cool. Let's jump into it. Okay. So number of active listings. That's obviously a key indicator. Uh, you know, it shows us how many homes are on the market. What's the inventory level? So the end of October this year, we had on the island of Montreal uh, about 2,000, you know, 1,950 single-family homes on the market. 
And we haven't seen this much inventory in how long? We haven't seen this much inventory since 2018. So pre-COVID, we had about the same, about 2,000 homes on the market in October in Montreal. 2018 was actually a healthy balanced market, slightly skewed towards a seller's market. Uh, so it was a good market. We were seeing price appreciation year over year. Obviously, things completely changed during the pandemic. But 2,000 homes on the market is nowhere near an oversupply. I actually went back 10 years, back to the good old days of 2013. And as a point of reference, there were 3,300 homes on the market in October 2013. Wow. Yeah, we haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. So inventory is one thing. But you got to look at, all right, this is how many homes are on the market. How many are selling, right? That gives us a little bit more of the story of what the market is actually doing, what, uh, how many buyers are out there purchasing. So give us the numbers for October 2023. How many homes sold in Montreal? Single family. Single family, island of Montreal, 287 homes sold. So this translates into what you were talking about, seven months of inventory. So that's, again, explain the months of inventory, and how that's used as a um, you know indicator of whether it's a buyer's or seller's market. Exactly. Simple calculation. You take the number of homes that were on the market at the end of the month, divide that by how many homes sold that month, and you get the months of inventory. So if no other homes hit the market, how many months would it take to exhaust all the inventory? And at the end of October in Montreal, all price ranges, single-family homes, we had seven months of inventory. So that means we're in a balanced market, right? Because Correct. anything under four months. Four is months and under is considered a seller's market. Five to six months is considered balanced. And seven months and more is considered a buyer's market. Exactly. So this means that in a buyer's market, the buyer would have the upper hand in negotiations for the most part. Correct. And we, and then what, what does that translate into, you know, prices? Prices usually stabilize when we're going from a balanced and into a, a buyer's market, correct? Yes, yeah, stabilize and even drop a little bit, right? So you've got less buyers, more supply. Supply and demand equation dictates uh, that buyers are going to have the upper hand. They're going to be negotiating. And that always plays into the, the motivation level of sellers. And we've seen that this year, right? We've got sellers out there who maybe are testing the market. And so those that's adding to inventory, right? Inventory's climbing. Homes that are sitting on the market. Those sellers don't seem to be too worried about it. Not really a big sense of urgency. But there are sellers out there who have to sell. They're moving. They've already bought another home. They're getting divorced. For whatever reason, those sellers have to move their homes. And if they've been sitting there for 60, 90 days without an offer... Generally, if they've got to get it done, what are they going to do? They're going to lower their price. They're most likely going to lower their price. They've got to make the home more attractive to try and generate that offer. And then what happens? Your neighbor drops his price, brings it down $50,000, $75,000 compared to comparable homes maybe that sold on that street last year. And what does that do? That then sets the market, right? So buyers are then looking at that one as a sales comparable. So as soon as we see one or two homes in a particular neighborhood drop in order to get sold in a buyer's market situation, then obviously that brings the median price of that area down a little bit. And that's where we see prices soften out. That's right. And then the other uh, indicator is time on the market. How long are homes staying on the market? Because back, you know, in the, in the pandemic, Homes were selling within a week, a uh, week or two. Exactly. Like a month was an eternity to be on the market during the pandemic. 
Now we're seeing homes sit on the market two, three, four months in order to get sold and sometimes longer. And if you go in and try and dissect that data, you, will, you won't find the real story. <clears throat> and there's a reason for that. In that, that data can be manipulated by brokers. And they're going to they're gonna cancel the listing exactly. instead before of, it expires. Instead of, instead of leaving it on the market for six, nine, 12 months, that tends to make a listing look very stale. So the strategy is, well, we don't want to do that. We're working for the seller. So what we're going to do, we're going to pull the house off the market, cancel the mandate, put it back on the market. So you may have gone on a typical listing mandate three months. You've been 90 days on the market. You didn't sell. Pull the house off the market, readjust the price, put it back as a new listing, and then it sells in 30 to 45 days. Well, the data that goes into the statistics is that home sold in 30 to 45 days. So if you look at the data out there statistically on what centrists can gather, the average number of days on the market is certainly up from when it was, you know, a yeah, we're looking at COVID. according to stats, it's like two and a half months now. But that's yeah. misleading because you're not taking into account, like you said, the the listings that were taken off the market, put back on the market. So that's skewing the stats. So it's yeah. really what it's we're It's probably more like four, three, three to four, four months, months, sometimes five, right? De and again, depending on price range. So let's talk about price ranges because yeah. there's a big difference in the story. And the market is considerably different depending on what price range you're looking at. And also depending on which, which price range of what you said and, and which market you're in. You've got these micro markets within the island of Montreal as well, right? Yeah, definitely. You've got different neighborhoods, different price points. And uh, we did take a look at, at the uh, various price points. So the median price of a single family home right now in, in the island of Montreal is around 700000 right? So what we've been seeing, uh, boots on the ground, is we kind of looked because this is what we're feeling, is we looked at homes priced under 800000 and said, okay, how many homes are there on the market? How many of those are selling? Those are, those are uh, obviously more of um, primary need housing. So these are people that are new to the market or have to buy a home. Uh, there aren't too many homes out there under 500000 anymore, as we all know, even with prices going down a little bit. So under 800,000 gives us a good indicator of what's happening for people who really need to get into the real estate market. So what do the numbers look like for, you know, under 800? Right. So, well, we, we said the median price in Montreal uh, at the end of October was hovering just around 700,000, right? And, and compare that to last year, almost the same. For the month of October. For the month of October, even going back to 2021, it was a little bit, little bit higher than 700,000. Yeah, so, I mean, you had these seasonal jumps and dips and it tends to always soften out towards the end of the year uh you have homes that maybe didn't sell throughout the summer which is a busier period september always tends to be a busy month and we saw that again this year but yeah towards october pretty flat for the last three years right so we're not seeing prices bottoming out no i wouldn't say we're seeing prices bottoming out we are seeing some definite changes though when you look at the different price ranges so we look at under 800,000, how many months of inventory were in there in, in that market, that market segment? We're looking at uh, four months of inventory. Four months of inventory. So Sellers there you go. Market. So for October 2023, there were four months of inventory. That's still a seller's market. And I think you and I working with buyers and sellers in that price point, we, we would agree. Absolutely. There was a lot of competition for those homes. And if they were well-priced, some of them even went into multiple, multiple offers. offers. Exactly. So under 800, seller's market, uh, 800 to a million. Seven months of inventory, you're moving it up into a buyer's market. 
Exactly. And I think we noted that. A lot more inventory, uh, less buyer activity, and then that trend continued to accelerate as you moved up in price. 1 to 1.5 million. 1 to 1.5, 11 months of inventory. So that's, that's firmly in buyer's market territory. And then we're looking into the more luxury market. 1.5 million and up. How many months of inventory? 43 months of inventory. Wow. So that is big. That is a major buyer's market. You know what's pretty interesting? Compare that, the over 1.5 million to 2020 when we had five months of inventory. Wow. Yeah. So it was a balanced market in the luxury segment in 2020. So big shift there, right? And I think we can obviously attribute that to the interest rate hikes that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's a good segue into interest rates, right? And what we saw is, um, you know, these things were correlated to what was happening seasonally in the different months of the year. Exactly, exactly. They were they were, you know, correlated to uh, what was happening with the Bank of Canada and interest rates, right? So the highest median prices this year, twenty twenty three, were from July to September. So what, what happened between the beginning of the year and June 7th? I know that was a particular interesting date. The, the target uh, interest rate was stable at 4.5%. The, the Bank of Canada rate. The Bank of Canada rate. rate. Yeah. Exactly. So it was 4.5% from January 25th all the way until June 7th when it got, got increased by a quarter point. So 4.75. So let's talk about what effect those rate hikes and the dates that those rate or that particular rate hike, because again, it, it held right through the first half of the year and then beginning of June, bang, they announced their next announcement in June, rates are going up. So I'm a buyer out there, I'm shopping, I'm looking for a home uh, in the typical br- busy spring market of May, uh, April, May, June, and rate hike, hike is announced. What kind of protection do I have with that rate and how long does that last? Yeah, because usually rates are locked in between 90 and 120 days. Exactly. So there you go. So you got pre-approved and you were able to lock in that low rate up until the first week of June. So from June, first week of June, if you if your mortgage guy was on the ball, you locked in your, you know, your lower rate up until June the 6th. You then had 120 days. So June, July, August, September takes us into the beginning of October. So... Thus and therefore, people were wanting to get in. Those that were in the market wanted to buy and close at the notary by October. So this is why August and September were very busy months. And we saw prices uh, sort of bump a little bit in those two months, up to around 750,000 and then come back down in October to just under seven. That's right. So you had more motivated buyers that was correlated with those interest rate uh, announcements so that's really what happened in uh, in yeah. those months from June. Yeah, I think that from July. I, I think that makes sense. So let's talk about kind of what people are predicting, what they're th- worried about, maybe what buyers are thinking that maybe uh, stood on the sidelines a little bit and are kind of analyzing what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen with rates. So like, what do we think we're going to see in twenty twenty four? Because essentially this year, we're pretty well done. We've got fourth quarter. The market's going to be slow through to the end of this year, I would imagine, even though the rate has been held once again at 5%. Uh, what do we foresee for next year? And, and, and so if you, if you read kind of, again, what's happening in the media and you, and you talk to some buyers and sellers that are out there, what are you hearing and, and what, do you, what do we feel is most likely, or how do we feel these things are most likely going to play out uh, next year? Well, I think you've got two 
um, things that are happening simultaneously that will have an impact. Number one, the number of mortgages that are up for renewal over the, within the next 18 months. That's a big one. You were looking into those stats, right? That's right. So Royal Apache did a really great survey, found that 28% of residential mortgages in Quebec will be renewing within the next 18 months. And of course, there's, there's a high number of those people when asked, are they concerned about the, that those, those mortgage renewals? 79% of them said they are concerned. So in light of the recent interest rate hikes, the uncertainty of, well, are rates going to be coming down in 2024? Will they remain stable? Well, we're starting to see that, right? We're starting to see rumblings of rates coming down sooner than originally anticipated. We're hearing economists saying, you know, inflation seems to be getting under control. Job market shifted a little bit. So they're probably going to bring... So if, if they do bring rates down uh, either in April, which would be great, uh, hopeful, or probably July, um, I think we'll probably see some pretty brisk activity back more in buyer, the market. More buyers coming back into the market. What do you think about all the people who have to renew, who, who bought during COVID at the top of their budget? You hear this all the time, right? Every time I talk to people, what about all the people who have to renew their mortgages over the next uh, 24, 36 months, who bought at the top of their budget during COVID? Uh, are, you know, all those homes are going to come flooding back onto the market and prices are going to go into the toilet. Uh, what, what do we think about that uh, sort of uh, doom and gloom? stuff we hear out in the media. Well, as you mentioned before, we hadn't seen uh, you know 3,000 active listings on the market since 2013, and we're not even halfway to that, to that point. So there would have to be a significant number of homes hitting the market. And, and I think you, you were telling me off camera is like, you think that even a small portion of those uh, mortgage holders who decide that they will need to sell because they can't afford the, the higher mortgage rates, those will be absorbed almost immediately. I think I think they will, depending on the price range. I think if they're if they're again if they're in a luxury price point, one point five and up, they might feel a little bit of pain. Hopefully, the mortgage stress test uh, allowed those people to weather the storm. One would think, and one would hope, and I would think that most of those homeowners will just curb spending, not get the new car, maybe not go on a trip. Uh, cut the restaurants out, maybe cancel the golf membership and be able to weather until rates come back down and get back into being able to stay in those more higher end luxury homes. Um, I think if it's the people in the medium price ranges that were like that are young first time buyers, if they experience something like a job loss uh, or a divorce, then yeah, I think we will see some of that inventory hit back, uh, you know, come back into the market. But I think Couple that with a rate decrease in Q1 or Q2 next year, and I think that inventory is getting absorbed immediately. That's right, because again, a lot of these mortgages come out for renewal, they've got a decision to make. Do they lock into a long-term uh, fixed rate, or do they take a short-term or maybe even a variable, and hopefully weather the storm for, for a few months or even a year until rates do start coming down again? That's a good point. So from a buyer strategic standpoint, I'm looking to buy a house in 2023, 2024. Uh, maybe it's a good time to be out there shopping. Maybe there's not a ton of inventory right now. We're in mid-November into December. But there are some great opportunities for buyers out there right now. And yeah, rates are, are higher. But you might be able to get into a property now at a discount. Maybe you, you get a 10% discount on your purchase because you've got a seller who is looking at holding the property now through the winter who was hoping they were going to be sold by September. And you might be able to get a good deal on a house. And then if maybe you go variable or you go one year and then rates come back down, 
you've gotten into a property at a discount and you're then going to benefit from the rate drop rather than waiting until April, May, June next year for the active spring market when there'll be a ton of other buyer activity. And yeah, rates will be lower, but you know, you're going to probably spend more for that house. So I think that's something that some that buyers out there maybe, you know, may want to think about. Absolutely. And that's great from the buyer's perspective. Now, how about the seller's perspective? Because as you mentioned, you've got two types of sellers. You've got the sellers whose home is currently on the market and was hoping to have been sold before we get into the holiday slowdown period and into the winter are now saying, well, I'd really like to, to get, get this thing sold before the winter. And then you have the other seller who's contemplating putting it in the market and asking, is now the right time or should I wait until the spring market? Great point. Yeah, I think these are conversations we're already having with sellers who are, you know, thinking we've met with or thinking of, of putting their home on the market. And I think it, the answer to that one is it depends. It depends really on their situation and their price point. I think if they are a lower price property, maybe pr- their their market value is is, is under a million dollars. Um, you know, waiting till the spring rush uh, and the, the the you know the amount of buyers is going to be increased. I think uh, if they can wait till the spring and and put it on, uh, you know, and, and when we say spring, we're talking like, you know, the spring market listings come out in February, you know, end of January, February, March, those tend to be very busy listing months. So I think waiting till then and, and you know, and, and then as we get into April, if, if that rate decrease does happen, um, I think they're well positioned. They're going to have a lot of buyers that are going to be uh, out there hunting and looking to buy those homes. Now in the higher price ranges, it's going to be a little bit unpredictable. Uh, I think they uh, probably want to get their house on the market and you're just going to have to be a little more patient. Um, if they're in a situation where they have to sell a higher priced home, uh, they're probably going to have to be a little more aggressive on their price. Well, I think that's an important point. How important is pricing strategy in today's market? It's everything. I mean, well, not everything. Of course, you've got marketing, you've got price. And if the two don't marry, uh, you're just not going to sell. You're just going to sit there and we see tons of them that are just sitting there and getting really stale. So uh, you've got to be in line. You've got to be really on the pulse of what's happening. When we talked earlier about, you know, one neighbor or one someone else in your neighborhood selling for what you consider to be a lower price, you've got to be aware of that. If you're just staying where you are and homes all around you are, are dropping and selling, well, you're going to get left behind. You're, you're, you're not going to sell and buyers are going to think you're overpriced. And so, you know, you've got to just either pull it off the market. And if you've got the luxury to wait and put it back on next year, that might be the right strategy. But if you've got to sell and carrying costs are weighing on you and you've got to get this done, then I think you've just got to bite the bullet and bring the price down to where it needs to be. And that's where the conversation with your broker is, is, is super important. You need think, a broker that's communicating with you and keeping you up to date on what's happening in the local market. Absolutely. And I think you've been having those conversations. We've all been having those conversations with clients, right? Is do the math, figure out what is it costing you to carry that listing? And <clears throat> would, it, would it make more sense to drop the price now versus hold on for a few more months and hope for the, the market to pick up. Yeah. Again. Or maybe you pull it off over Christmas. You let the thing get, you know, pull away from the market. So it doesn't, again, like we said, get stale and sit there for six months. You pull it off maybe for the quiet month of, of mid December to mid January, and then try again, put it back on in the new year. Uh, maybe adjust your price or wait and see if the market picks up and you, and you know, you might get successful and nobody has the crystal ball, but I think it looks like 
Uh, maybe Q1 next year might be a little bit sluggish, but I think Q2 and 3, if we do see these rate uh, decreases, are going to be extremely busy again. And we saw it in September and we saw it in July of this year with these quote-unquote super high interest rates. We saw prices jump up. We saw buyers entering the market. Of course, they've lowered their purchasing expectations. And, you know, I had a conversation with a buyer this week. He's like, you know, oh, my, I was pre-approved last year for 1.2, but that's completely off the table now. But we're still looking for a home probably around 950. So there it is, just a function of the interest rate. So there's still people out there that want to buy homes. And if you're priced right, it's going to sell. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with luxury stuff. Uh, again, that market is very different. We did see, what was the month we saw this year? We saw a big jump and there was a bunch of uh, 1.5 and over priced homes. I think it was September, it was September, right? yeah. It's a busy month yeah. again. So uh, so it's interesting just to keep tabs on this month to month. It's nice to, to dive in and, and look at it. And One other point too is yeah. the importance of having your home, you know, really in good condition, ready to show. Whereas it wasn't as important back in the, in the heyday of the seller's market where it really didn't matter. Now you really wow. have to present your, your home um, in, in, in really good condition because again, buyers are hesitant with the cost of renovations uh, yeah, the, the you know the, yeah, the we've cost seen of that, materials. Right? So like we've had a few instances just this this last month or so with uh, with dealing with building inspection issues, right? And that deferred maintenance stuff. Like you can't say it enough, right? Attend to your exterior caulking. Yeah. <laughs> how much? <laughs> Every single. How house. many problems that avoids? Check out your attic. And make sure your electrical's up to par. All these little things make a huge difference. But to your point, in terms of how a home presents, this is when really the staging is uber important. Home's got to be pristine. You can't get it clean enough. Uh, having that cleaning crew in there and then keeping it pristine. These things make a huge first impression on buyers and maybe the difference between, you know, they've got more choice now. Yeah, so they got, they got 10 homes to look at. They don't have to walk into one and make a decision in 15 minutes and write a multiple offer on the hood of the car. They can take their time, visit a couple times, look at a bunch of different homes. So you've got to change the mindset. To it's a it's a buyer's market most likely, and I've got to be really sharp and well priced and well presented in order to generate an offer. Absolutely. So to wrap up, I think the key takeaways here are that prices are down, um, more so in the over eight hundred thousand dollar price range. Yep. Homes are taking longer to sell. Yep. Right. Um, buyer activity has softened a little bit, but all in all. Home values are pretty much holding steady. Yeah. And we're going through this transitional period. And in some situations, you know. Some good deals out there. In the higher, higher price, price ranges. ranges. And for buyers in the in the lower price ranges for sellers. Exactly. Yeah. If you're, if you're you're selling a home right now under 800, it's still going to do very well. So lots of good opportunities out in the market. And like you said, I don't think the doom and gloom holds true uh, for at least here in Montreal. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for doing all that great homework. And what should people be doing if they're thinking of buying or selling in the new year? Meet with your broker right away. You know, we often get uh, people calling, well, I want to put my house on the market in two, three weeks. And that's really a mistake. You need to start to get prepared months in advance. You know, there's things that you need to start to think about when we talk about things like deferred maintenance in your home and staging and decluttering. Um, all of these things require an extended period of time if you want to do them in a low stress environment. If and you want to go crazy and kill yourself for two weeks to get your house ready, 
by all means, go for it. But it makes much more sense to meet and get the information and do that fact finding early in the process. And a great way to do that is to join the Homeowners Advisory Club, because then you're going to get access to our directory of service providers to help you with all that deferred maintenance that you may have missed, help you, um, you know, just get that house prepared and ready without having to do it all in one. Well, I think an important point too, the homeowner advisory club is targeted to people who aren't even thinking of selling. Exactly. So it's not if you're six months out or a year out, you could be five or 10 years away from thinking you want to sell your house, but there's a certain mindset and we offer that advice free of charge and we're helping people in the community recognize how to maintain and improve the value of their home. And like you said, the service provider directory has been great. That's great service providers. A couple of guys we've had on the podcast here. Phenomenal. We got those kind of guys lined up to, to help our, uh, help our community. Awesome. So for more information on that, just visit BrodyWindsor.com. Look for homeowner advisory club. Be, be happy to, uh, to give, give anyone advice out there. And we'll be back. Uh, we got new condos. We'll be back to right. do some condo, deep dive on condos. We'll be back to talk about condos in our, in our next update. Awesome. Thanks very much. All right.